So even though I know my grandmas very well, in case there's anyone listening besides my family members, here's a little quick intro round on how old they are, where they're at now, and a little bit about how they grew up. Go ahead, just for starters. Grandma Gail, do you mind telling me how old you are? Well, right, I'm nine, Dave. Oh, my goodness. Nine, Big eight. nine zero. And then how old is your sister? You guys had a, you celebrated your birthdays together this year, right? She's three years older. And uh, this year we won't. Last year we did. And uh, I think in previous years we have. But last year we did, and that was very nice. And she had planned to come out again this year, except for the COVID. So no one yeah, now. Definitely put a damper on things, I would say. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, and then go ahead, just tell me, you still live at home by yourself and you get around and do everything, right? Uh, yes, I'm still living at home and I am so glad I haven't, uh, I didn't decide to go into a nursing home, but decided <laughs> to age at home and <laughs> because I, it wasn't, I guess a lot of people uh, had a died when they were in the nursing home during the COVID. But, um, yes, I'm, I'm very happy here at home. I, I love my house. I love my view. And I have my art studio to keep me busy. And uh, I have you and, and Morgan's family who are I get to see occasionally. So that's a big plus. That's one thing I always talk about with my uh, friends and especially coworkers working in the ER is um, we see obviously so many um, of the elderly population in the ER and just about nobody that's your age is that independent and active still and it's really made me appreciate having not only you but also Grandma Teresa on the other side who, um, you know, are the age they are but still live alone, have a fully independent life and completely... Um, with it and able to, you know, hang out still, and that's been such a blessing. And so I'm grateful to have you, and I'm so glad that you're able to live in the house you have because, I mean, let's be real, it's pretty gorgeous. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, San Diego has a gorgeous skyline, and sitting across from it is the island of Coronado. My grandma lives right on the waterfront side of that island, so the backyard is just entirely San Diego views through a glass back wall. So when I say it's a good view, it is legit. Uh, yes, I, I just uh, we were very fortunate that Chippo and Edith, Chippo and Edith are my great grandparents, decided to build here because when they did build, it was not desirable property then. It was there was a railroad track down down in, the, in front of the house, going into the base, and on the other side is the bay and. Apparently, the bay didn't smell very good, and there was no uh, view. I think there was one uh, large, uh, one high-rise that we could see in San Diego, and mm-hmm. it was El Cortez Hotel, and they had a, an elevator that went up the outside of the hotel, and when Chippo needed to have us over for drinks, we would all pause when the elevator went up and say, oh, look, there's the elevator. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we were very lucky because now the property is the most valuable in town, and even more valuable than uh, Ocean Boulevard. 
and people who live on uh, Ocean Boulevard, uh, a couple of years ago, someone sold his mansion over there, and he built two doors down. So anyway, oh, it's a very good decision on Chippo's part. Yeah, and now tell me, so Chippo bought the property then, because um, Coronado originally was entirely a military base, and he bought the property when they first opened it up to the public, is that right? Wasn't always uh, all military. Just the base was, but you know there used to be something. Uh, it, it was uh, developed by uh, oh I forget his name, the sugar magnate, and they had um, it. The, the people used to come here in the summer, and they called it a tent city. They had tents down by the hotel del down the Strand. And then it began to, the, most of the houses were very small, just little vacation places that people would come and get away. And, and then gradually, people have uh, built bigger houses, and it's changed, of course, quite a bit. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then my little knowledge of the history of Hotel Dell um, is that it was kind of in its its hype and its uh, height kind of in the era of Marilyn Monroe and that, you know, they filmed some like it hot there and those kind of celebrities uh, were Chippo and Cuckoo around during that time or do they have any memories of, you know, celebrities being on the island or that kind of thing? Well, they may have, but I mean, they weren't really involved with the celebrities, but uh, they're probably both publicity about it. And the Duchess of Windsor also uh, went to the hotel. That was bef uh, before she knew married the Duke. That's the hotel deal. Now, my grandma's not from the West Coast, but she ended up there because of my granddad, who is also not from the West Coast, but who is in the Navy and got stationed over here. It was fun. My granddad didn't grow up here because being a Navy junior, he uh, was born in Washington, D.C., and then they moved they were Chippo went to China and they lived in China and he had a Chinese llama like their nursemaid and and I think he they came back to the states but he also lived as a little kid in the Philippines so he anyway he wasn't here he was here for uh, high school part of high school he graduated from Coronado High. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, remind me, where did you grow up? I grew up in a town called Clareton, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. And it was a steel town, Carnegie uh, uh, Steel. And uh, the whole town was, it, I, actually, I only heard about this a, a number of years ago. My sister was telling me <coughs> because... All the housing was built by Carnegie in this town. And oh, wow. For the mill. And when I was born, they had a, uh, in one section of the town, they had a row, row houses. And my mother and father and my sister and I uh, lived in the row house until I was in, um, until I went to first grade. And the... Uh, my in fact, the family doctor came to the house, and I was born at home. Then, when I went to um, uh, first grade, 
we moved to a, another house in another area, and it was a detached house with three bedrooms and one bath and a living room, dining room, kitchen. And um, and we lived there, uh, I, I guess, until I was uh, uh, graduated from sixth grade because at that time they put the uh, Carnegie or the mill, who I don't know if Carnegie was still alive, but uh, anyway, they put that housing on the market. They were getting out of the housing market, and people mm-hmm. buy their house. And so then my parents bought a, a different house that was also, I think, almost the same uh, floor plan, but it was in uh, a nicer neighborhood, I guess, closer to my uh, junior high, so for walking to school, it was nice. And you said it was a steel town, so did your dad work in the steel industry, or what did your parents do? He worked in, in the mill. His uh, He was a... Uh, he worked in the accounting department in the payroll, and he used to get the payroll together. So people were either blue-collar or white-collar workers. He was a white-collar worker, and uh, he was often pestered to join a union, which he didn't, but he would go <laughs> sometimes, and he would find that his hat would be all punched up, you know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but... Um, he uh, uh, anyway, it was a wonderful town for growing up because there was uh, the social structure was not totally divided. That my I had friends who were her dad was a butcher. Another friend, a, a couple other friends. Their fathers worked in the mill. I didn't know whether they were blue collar or white collar. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a friend who was uh, her father owned two of the drugstores where people hung out, you know, kids were hung out and after school. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, another friend, her father owned a couple um, furniture stores. And another friend's uh, father was uh, a banker. So they were all, uh, and nobody thought anything about who had the most money or anything. It was just a really happy time, and people got along well. How old were you when uh, the Great Depression hit, or was that before that was you were old enough to remember? I was 29, and I think it hit in 29. So uh, we were, uh, my, you know, everybody's family was affected, but my father had a job through the whole uh, depression. He helped support uh, some other relatives. Uh, uh, my sister says that uh, my mother would take practically take the clothes off our back and take them to some cousins who needed. Oh. And um, so, as far as your family went, it wasn't something you remember as being a particularly difficult time. Uh, no, but you know, when if you're a poor and you're a kid, you don't know that you are. <laughs> you have a point. I didn't I notice any. The only thing I noticed is when I went as a kid. This is before I went to um, uh, first grade. I remember, have this memory of going to the, my uh, playmate's house, and 
uh, her mother fixed this ketchup sandwiches. I never had a <laughs> sandwich before. And that was the only thing in it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but I guess my we didn't. I guess we were in a tart up or something. I don't remember anything like that. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was. And living in, in, in those days, they delivered milk in bottles to your house. They had a rag man who came through the town uh, 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 buying, either buying or he gave it to him, I don't remember which, but he had a horse-drawn uh, wagon, mm-hmm. and he collected, uh, and then we had an ice man because we didn't have, uh, electric refrigerators, and he yeah. deliver a, a big cake of ice to put in the uh, refrigerator or ice box, they called it. Mm-hmm. So that was just a little bit about my grandma Gail Rogers. Um, she lives out here on the west coast, and her early life starting out in Pittsburgh on the east coast. Um, after talking to her, I kind of wanted to do the same for my grandma Teresa Slade who has grown up and lived in Maryland for as long as I can remember. So next we'll see how that conversation went. So just for starters, it's going to sound silly, but tell me how old you are. (laughs) 95. Oh, my. Just a young thing, huh? Oh, yes. (laughs) And you still live by yourself in Ellicott City, that's right? Yes, I do. How long have you lived at that house? Mm, let's see, for about 45, let's see, we moved here in 66, Six, that's four, four, 56, 56 or 46. 46. <laughs> we'll do some light math, I think it's 60 years, question mark, something like that? Uh, yes, that'll yeah. And then I forget, did you grow up in Ellicott City or where did you grow up? In Ellicott City. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, what part of Ellicott City? Like downtown there or where at? Mm-hmm. Downtown area. Mm-hmm. Who um, And who were you living with when you grew up? My mother and my <clears throat> dear aunt, Marty. Oh, and what did your mother and Marty do for a living? Well, my mother had a beauty shop for years, and then she just sort of... Uh, Retired. She was quite a church worker and very involved in the community things around the area. It's a very small little town. And uh, that was it. And Aunt Marty took care of, of the, me. He took care of me. And my brother, my brother was uh, killed in a, he was a volunteer fire department, fire, fireman. And he was killed in a um, a Christmas Eve fire. But he wow. was up there, and the chimney fell down, and hit he and another man, and that was it. And two days later, he had a little son that was born. Well, we had two older girls, two girls, and then this baby boy was born on the on the two days before. Oh, later. Okay. <laughs> It's its own little gift in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, it and was. And you said your mom ran a beauty salon, is that right? 
Yeah, well, my father died when I was very young, when I was like 14 months old. And she stayed home with me for years. And then after a while, she just had something to do. So she opened a, a shop right there in Ellicott City. And what did your father die from? Oh, after having pneumonia for about three three times in one year, he died from pneumonia. Wow. That's, yeah, just working in the medical profession, that's just crazy to me that, you know, in the difference days, in time, that no that's all it around. took. Yeah. <laughs> that's no. crazy. Um, and then with your mom working in the beauty parlor, with you being that age, did she ever, you know, teach you any little things about hair? Oh, no, hair? not really. I wasn't <laughs> too involved in that. No, no yeah. I went to school, went to school on a bus and streetcars to Baltimore every day from an hour each way. And that was, uh, you know, it. after that I went to uh to a commercial school. What do you call it? Business business school. Business school. There you in, go. Down, in town, down Baltimore for two years. Okay, and that's what got you the degree, and then you worked in finance, right? Right, right from, from there, yes. Mm-hmm. And I always forget, I'm sure you've told me, but what is it you did in finance? Were you Did you work with people's taxes or? Heck, well, no, this was a business, Westinghouse International and um, and Westinghouse Electric. I worked in their accounting department in budgeting and that sort of thing. Oh, okay, that's right. I remember you saying that now. Um, and then remind me, because my history is terrible, um, how old were you around that time of the Great Depression? Were you... Young then, or well, do you I remember? Well, I was 25. I was born in 1925, so the Depression was 1929, and mm-hmm. my father, that's when my um, uh, father died, but when I was a year old. So I was, Depression started, I went, and I was four, mm-hmm. and all through the 1930s, it was the Depression. And that's why my mother decided to open a shop to do you know, there was money was probably running out in all through 1930s. Gotcha. Yeah, and I was talking with Grandma Gail about it a little bit. Was there anything you remember in your childhood where, I mean, you know, kids are pretty oblivious, but is there anything you remember about money being tight? No, well, I was very fortunate. I was the youngest of many, many cousins, and um, I remember... Uh, <laughs> It was sort of just the opposite. I was very well treated, very well taken care of by my aunts and uncles. There were a lot of aunts and uncles. And um, I remember every day I had a nickel a day, and I could buy candy or I could buy ice cream. So um, that was good. And I wasn't really deprived, I'll have to say that. Aunt Marty and my mother took care of me very well. What else do you remember in Ellicott City that you think has changed the most 60 years later here? Oh, honey, you haven't been to Ellicott City. It's quite a love, (laughs) what do you call it, Uh, upscale. upscale. Really? It's a little town. Well, uh, they've all the shops along the main street are taken over, and 
very um, just fixed up and all the people. It was a mill town. They, oh. Uh, it was a mill town, and the mill workers really lived along Main Street then. It was a big, the Jonathan brothers came down from Philadelphia, and um, Andrew and John opened uh, this big mill, and uh, that's where all the workers were there. And um, But since then and now, and then, of course, we had two floods, in 2016, and it was terrible. It just cut two years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quite a big situation there with that. I I um, do remember Mom telling me about that. I had been wondering how Ellicott City had recovered, but it sounds like they're mm -hmm. back on their feet now. Mm -hmm. So that was... uh, that was when I was a little kid. I you run up and down Main Street. My girlfriend and my her father owned the uh, publishing company right on Main Street, and they published the local pair, local papers all around the different little towns. And um, anyhow, we would write <laughs> when we were in high school. We wrote the uh, uh, social column. <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> the that same as the gossip column? The uh, social column in those days, Kat, were you, uh, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so went to Atlantic City for the weekend, or Mr. <laughs> Mrs. So-and-so took a ride down Skyline Drive, or so-and-so was married and they went to a trip to Niagara Falls. <laughs> you were writing the gossip column back in the day is what I'm hearing. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Do you um, ever wish you had lived somewhere else or moved? Uh, from Ellicott City? No, I'd go back to that little town and live on one of those, what's the name, and open one of those little shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked well, What would yeah. you have in your shop? What would I have in my shop? Baby dolls. Yeah. I don't know. Let's <laughs> don't go any further. <laughs> Do you do you enjoy living alone, or do you ever wish you were like in more of a community situation? Or no, I don't mind. I'm not. Um, I think I, I feel like I'm a positive person, and I can always make entertain myself. I don't mean it, but I like to read, but so I can't do much anymore. But I can always find something to do around this house. I guess that's why I'm. Here, because I have friends, two people I have family on this street. The um, you know their husbands have retired, deceased, and um, are living in the retirement places. Like with the virus, do they can't socialize? They can't go to the dining room, and every night at four or five o'clock, they bring in the um, the food is very good, but it is served in a like a, I don't know paper bag or something. They all the kids are glad that I am here, but there's it's the negative is there's a lot to do. So I'm really fortunate uh, because I have friends who don't their kids their children are all out of town, and it's yeah. you know they're just not. But there's always somebody walking in. What my grandma is referring to is that four out of her five children live 
nearby her in Ellicott City, and so she always has help nearby to give her a hand with things, and that's always a blessing for her. Well, now we've heard a little bit about Grandma Gail and Grandma Teresa and a little bit about their early lives. I apologize again for the quality of the video due to COVID. Um, these have been recorded via phone call, so not top-notch. But I think it's the story that counts, and hopefully you do too. Anywhoozle, you are listening to Generation Gap, and I hope to see you next time.